Today's guest is Jacob Newton. Jacob has a show called Breast Bearing, which is coming to the Lion Unicorn Theatre 26th to the 30th of September. Jacob, love to meet you. Just for, just want to introduce yourself and tell us just a little bit about your theatre background then. Hi, uh, hi. so yeah, I'm Jacob. Uh, I am a, a Northern a non-binary theatre maker uh, with Infinity for Queer Stories. Um, I sort of grew up in Scarborough, sunny seaside town, uh, where I was. I started with at Stephen Jones Theatre. Uh, so I sort of known a lot about Alan Akebourne, which, uh, which was a lovely little upbringing. Went over to York, uh, trained drama and theatre realized that acting was not for me whatsoever mainly because i knew that the rejection of going into hundreds of auditions would absolutely cripple me so uh so i decided to uh to start writing that worked out fairly okay and now yeah i'm here to to see if that was uh all the right thing to do or not <laughs> that's interesting like, so i speak to say when we chat to a lot of people a lot of people in fringe theater that you know you find the, their writer actor mm. or you know director actors but you you realized early on then that you you want to be behind the scenes yeah yeah i think i did i think i honestly i loved being on the stage and i still do occasionally you know if there's a if there's an open mic going on and there's a chance to read something out or do something i'll i'll be right up there it's so lovely to do and i i just appreciate performers and so many ways but I think yeah I had this really lovely quiet moment with myself coming to the end of my my studies where I went look I I don't think this is for me and that's fine like it's not giving up as much as often drama schools will say you know this is giving up if you you know if you don't keep going with this it'll be giving up I was like well that's that's not what this is this is me trying to move into something where I'm still in this industry that I love I'm still around creatives I'm still using you know my creativity just in a different way and so yeah writing became a thing I did um missed that out I went and did my master's uh at central uh St Martin's which was which was wonderful in, in dramatic writing so sort of got a lovely lovely you know sort of restart with that in education to sort of like push my knowledge there but yeah so it was really great to sort of start that knowledge again just really have a deep dive into writing into story into character um, and sort of realized, yes, oh my God, this is what I love doing. Um, and so, yeah, now I'm just, uh, now I'm just sort of trying that out. And it's so lovely because, you know, I get to just sit and tell these stories and write. And on a nice day off, I can get up, make a coffee, spend the whole day behind my laptop, um, just, you know, doing what I love, which I think is, it's, it feels comfortable for me. It feels where I'm meant to be. If you already found your slot within, mm. within sort of the whole creative side. Yes. Um, right, and your show is breast bearing. Um, what do you want to tell us about that then? What can you tell us about giving away too many spoilers? Oh well, I mean, um, you know what, queerness, coffees, and pirates. I think what what else needs to be said? Um, that is, uh, we've we've sort of picked out those three words um, as as our creative team to sort of like try and try and uh, give a little taste of what it is. Um, but no, I mean, really, we follow our character named Annabelle. She's stuck in an entry-level job. Uh, she's serving coffee to terrible people. I'm sure we can all relate in some way to some form of that. And so this is sort of a story, I'd say, about her identity and her sort of her way to escape from that identity through sort of obsessing over this other other person. So it's really sort of like obsession as an escapism uh, from sort of her personal hardships, uh, different things that she's going through. Uh, we also have a little lovely bit of sexuality in there that she's exploring. So she doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know who she wants to be, but she do does know uh, who she wants to be with. 
and that's where we get Mary and uh, Mary's everything she she wants to be and and Mary introduces her to Anne Bonny our our pirate our pirate captain you know uh sword dueling sycophant i guess you'd say and she she is the glue that brings all of this together really i want to get onto those names briefly actually because <laughs> so we've got Anne bonnie who is the the pirate so the yes. historical figure yes yes and then annabelle bonfield now i assume that there's a good reason why their names are quite identical but is that a bugger when you are sort of writing and rehearsing? I mean, how how difficult that become, especially from an actor's point of view, to not slip over those names? Well, <laughs> yes. I mean, we have had a couple of slip-ups in read-throughs uh, where we've had sort of um, one actor who is meant to be reading for one person waiting, uh, not realising that it is their turn. But I mean, I think the name, the name choice, it was very straight. It was one of those sort of fun little... Um, I always like to give my characters just very weird names to start. And obviously in writing the central character who's meant to be, you know, oh, she's she's going to escape into into Anne Bonny's life and, and all of this stuff. Oh, why don't I just give her a really weird offshoot name of that? Annabelle Bonfield was the quite literally the first thing that came to mind, I'm sure you can imagine. And it just kind of stuck. I kind of liked the idea that you've got this young woman working in a cafe so far removed from this this, you know, dangerous pirate and you know her name is annabelle bonfield it's it's almost like a match made in heaven it's like there's something above the story that is pulling the strings that carries that and then even to be fair um i don't know how much uh you're aware of Anne bonnie's history but she had a fling with another pirate called mary reed and then we also have the love interest for annabelle being mary uh, which was another sort of like, oh, there's a match made in heaven, uh, stars aligning kind of thing going on above here as well. So what was the inspiration in writing this? What 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 was the sort of initial spark to bring this to life for you? <clears throat> well, it's quite funny. I mean, um, at the time when I started writing this, which must have been about a year ago now, I was going to um, this cafe that my partner was working at. And uh, it was because I'd have the day off and they'd be working. So I wanted to sort of just sit and, uh, you know, just have a couple of coffees and get some admin stuff done, get some writing done and whatnot. And so, and I'm terrible at doing all of that. I started procrastinating. Um, <clears throat> but because my, my question between there, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt your question there. No, no, no. Are you one of those really, are, are you that sort of archetypical, what we see as a writer in films and that you will sit in the cafe all day for your one coffee writing? Well, I mean, uh, that used to be the case. <laughs> and then, uh, well, I moved in with, with someone who has their own um, coffee machine, the proper <laughs> the proper one. I don't need to go to the cafes anymore. I've got it. I've got a home, a home kit now. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, but back to much... how you the writing. No, no, no. Um, well, yeah, no, because, I mean, um, I, I would try and sit and I'd try and write and I'd, I'd procrastinate. And obviously my, my beautiful partner's over there and, and be, be you know serving coffee and so I'd keep watching and just sort of watching everything unfold just the day and you know people come up and be rude people come up and be nice co-workers being all over the place and everything and it just sort of then sparks and be like oh you know you know play in a cafe that's you know pretty basic we've, we've had many of them and then around the exact same time um because I love history I love watching uh videos about history and different people and I came across Anne Bonnie. And I loved the story. I absolutely loved it. 
Um, I watched like a really concise version at first and then got a really much longer version that I dived into. And I absolutely loved it. And I was like, okay, now I want to write about Anne Bonny. And then I sort of, don't know how it happened, but I kind of melded the two because I, I was sort of thinking about this um, sort of like these stories about people from history where it's just sort of A to Z, how they started and how they ended. And I thought, well, what about telling the story about somebody um, from history, but where we actually admit that we don't really know what they were like. We can't say like, you know, because nowadays this video that I watched specifically was like, oh, Anne Bonny, she'd kill people and she'd, you know, pillage and she'd do all this thing. Oh, and she was queer. She's an icon. This is amazing. And I kind of was watching it and I was like, yes, icon, love, absolutely brilliant. But also, you know, that's not really a good, a nice thing to do. And so I wanted to delve into that, you know, like why would somebody do that? And obviously I'm not saying that Anne Bonny was a bad person or a good person. And I think that's what I'm wanting to do with this play. Look at how we look at people in history. Look at how, you know, we, we grab this slate over people. And as things change in, in our own zeitgeist, in our own, you know, uh, roles in society, we see people differently. You know, history is written by the victor and sometimes even the loser we we begin to empathise with. And so I just wanted to look at that. And uh, that's sort of what I ended up doing, bringing it into the modern day, looking at what if somebody tried to act like Anne Bonny today um, and what would that do? And then, you know, that that brings in the whole identity thing that I sort of added. And, and I mean, that's just come from my own um, issues with identity growing up and, and, you know, finding that. And uh, I think a lot of people especially in my generation can you know have that have that same feelings and so it's just nice to explore those and, and get that out there for for everyone to hopefully experience and find something in really interesting about the history and um i i i assume you saw Le Mopan um last year or early, or this year and they they touch upon that in the there's so little written about fem female historical characters. Um, is it the same with Anne Bonny? Was she, is is she another character who, you know, was just brushed out of history um, so much because she was female? And you know, we did not, you know, historically, we just don't cover. We we never covered these strong historical female fi figures. Yeah, <clears throat> that is the case. I mean, I I sort of went through a big deep dive. I mean, I'd say because I did I did see Lama Pan absolutely loved that and uh i would be amiss to say that i've i've not you know seen that and that energy and and gone oh i i, I can you know i love that and i want to put that into my own work so maybe there's a bit of lamo pan in this i don't know um that'd be no no, no bad thing if you can touching <laughs> no but if i can because they are incredible um so yeah i found i found a lot like um i could find a lot of stories i could find a lot of like first or second hand accounts and they were always from like this perspective of men on these ships with them. And I mean, Anne Bonny was, and you know, it's not even argued, was one of the most fearsome pirates out there, like ever, like people agree on that. And that's, you know, wonderful in a way. And this is what I mean, it's so weird to say that that's wonderful because obviously- Yeah, you know, we praise her now, strange. yeah, she was We murderer. praise it now, you know, as what, yeah. But you know, at the same time, like that is wonderful that that is there, but still there isn't a lot. And like, I think more with Mary Reed, you know, we don't know much about their upbringing. We don't know much about what they were doing. We know that they joined the army. We know that they, you know, fell in love and then their partner died and then they just ended up on the ship with them. It's like there's so many holes. Whereas in, like you say, like with male historical figures, there are holes in places. Obviously there's going to be because accounts get lost, but there's just never as, as many. There's never as many of it. And you can never paint a picture in as strong a way. 
And yeah, so I did find that a lot with researching Anne Bonny, with trying to sort of get into into her life. No, I mean, it's just, you know, it's not remembered as much. I actually, there's a really great, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Frank Turner, and uh, oh, yeah. he, he wrote an album, yes. uh, No Man's Land. And that that was quite a formative album for me. Obviously, it was only not too long ago, so not not super formative. About but, four um, or five years ago now, wasn't it? I think just before lockdown, wasn't it? Yes, it was, because it kind of, it sat with me that, and I loved listening to the album. And that definitely set me on this path where I have really loved writing sort of female-centric stories, looking into female, you know, women in history, um, because there are so many out there. And oh, my God, that album. Oh, it's so good. I don't know if you listened to the podcast that... that um, went alongside it where he taught he actually just went in depth about their stories and Ginny Bingham and and uh, and all the rest it was just amazing and I always loved that uh the last song on that is his mum that always hit, hit me very hard and you know she may not be a historical figure yet but uh there's still time is is the line which I thought was absolutely wonderful I, I, I to be honest I, I've got that album but I've never really dug into it that deeply um I don't think you know it's 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 good. I I think he's done much better work. Oh yeah, cover, no. Yeah. Has he covered? Did he cover Anne Bonny or Mary in in one of no, those songs? No, 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 okay. he didn't. No, I think he he did. I, I remember an interview hearing that he did want to like do a, a another album uh, in the same akin, finding more more stories. But I think, like you say, he has. I mean, I'm not saying it's his it's his magnum opus. I think I just I, I personally really enjoyed it. Um, but I think, yeah, he's he's probably got caught up in in lots of other things. I mm. There was some but interesting backlash on that. Was backlash on that, wasn't there? I think there was mm. the the usual argument. Oh, yeah, it's, it's mansplaining again. I think it was one of the things yes, thrown at him. But yeah, well, you can't I mean, win, can you? There's a couple. There's a, there's, <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, there's a couple of songs where it's like very much feels like uh, he's singing from his perspective on it. Um, but you know, I think as well, he he's one of those artists. I think where it's sort of opening the door. And like you say, you know, it, 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 you you can't you can't win sometimes, uh, but I think you can open the door. I think that's that's always what's important to mm. me. Um, and you know, if, at least if you're trying something, you're trying to to shed light on something. It opens the door for other people to come through, who do then have those experiences and then come and talk about it as well. And I hope that's sort of how it goes. Um, and yeah, I I found it weird with that because I think to accuse him of sort of. You know, and one of the accusations I've sort of thrown, thrown at him from a few quarters was, uh, you know, oh, here's a man who's written a song about women, you know. But but if he'd written a song about men, it'd be accused of sort of, you know, oh, what about the women in history? I don't think he was on, yeah. you know, he tried to do something different. And, you know, to accuse him of sort of, oh, you know, a man writing about women just felt a little bit, sort of, as you said, he tried to open the door, he tried to make it more accessible, you know, he mm. used his voice hopefully for good. But, um, but, Anyway, that's 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 one song choice for the radio station sorted out. <laughs> there you go. Right, I want to talk about now. I mean, you you said at the start here, um, you're non-binary. This this is written very much from a female point of view. This this play, or is it written still from a? a, a or is it is it more written from a a queer point of view? Um, I think a little bit of uh both actually. I mean, I think as it said from from in previous things like. I have written, you know, I, I have in the past just sort of stayed around sort of female voices and written female voices. And I don't think it's ever been much of um, a conscious choice. I think when I'm sort of creating characters, 
I try to look for the the empathy in whatever situation that they're going through, whether that be something that I've brought up from my own personal life or like sort of more in this case with Anne Bonnie, it's it's a life that I didn't experience, you know, and I found something in that that I can empathize with. And I think that to me is is sort of the the wonder of writing and of, of creating character to find the I guess I slightly cheesy to find the non-binary in 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 all stories mm. to find you know to find something that everyone can sort of relate to in some way and so weirdly enough though I have you know fallen into female voices a lot when writing I wrote a play about a play about my gran and the experience that um that my family had going through her death um but that was through that was from uh, my auntie's perspective well a dramatized version of my auntie but you know from that perspective and I wrote a story about uh, a breakup that was also to women's perspective and it just seems to be this thing that with my dialogue and I'm very proud of my dialogue I've I've, you know worked very hard to make it um sort of poetic and real and all of those things it always just feels right coming from this female perspective and I I think that maybe I don't know what that is tapping into for myself but yeah I've always just enjoyed writing writing women I, I think it's something that just feels right for me and I can't quite explain it and you know I think the important part for me in it is to to tell stories that connect with everyone, finding the crux of what we can relate to. And, you know, um, and I think in, in history, you know, that has been the case, that has happened, but it's always been with male protagonists. And so I found in cinema a lot, um, or like I've sort of had conversations with wonderful people about, about cinema where, you know, women historically have had to change their perspective to see it through men's eyes to, to sort of relate to a lot of stories that are out there. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, something that's nice about what's happening now, uh, where there's more women going through, you know, female characters having those stories. And now, you know, it's men's turn to change their perspective, uh, which I think, you know, comes with some controversy, apparently, for some bizarre reason recently. But I think that's sort of what, you know, you know, why can't we find something to relate to in women, I guess, is the question. that I'd I, I think that. I think the con- or the controversy. I'm not sure I call it controversy, but um, the the upset it seems to be causing people when we try to show things from a female perspective, it's just male insecurity of people who think yeah. they're very strong males, but are in fact idiots. <laughs> you know what? Rob? I, <laughs> I couldn't have been better myself. I was trying. I was trying to be. I was trying to be nice in the middle, but yeah. I think no, no, I, cannot, I people... cannot disagree with you more. I cannot agree this... with you more. Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're the sort of people who think Andrew Tate is a is is an idol, you know. Oh, Basically, God. yeah. That's yes. Um, oh, yeah, they're, they're just they're just lacking in in something, and I think it's called brain cells. <laughs> um, right. Let's get back to the play before I um, yeah, yeah oh probably start getting hate mail. Um, Andrew Tate. That's <laughs> no, all right. Andrew Tate fans can't they? They don't know how to put pen to paper. They won't be able to get in touch. With me. Um, <laughs> they can only draw pictures. Why aren't there more pirates on stage? Come on, let's get to the important questions. Oh my why gosh, do we not why? see more pirates on stage? Honestly, I cannot, I cannot for the life of me answer that because I, I more pirates all the time. I mean, just pirates are pirates are not only are they cool. Okay, look, we've all seen Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, we do know that over time maybe maybe the quality can dip if you have too much pirate. But you know, I think to, to go away from obviously the fact that they are just cool, that you know they've got swords, they've got guns, they've got weird, wacky ways of getting out of situations. But also, I mean, so in my research, I was really surprised to find there's a lot of like real world, like what we're going through today in in sort of piracy in the history of piracy. Like a lot of pirates 
were just people that couldn't get work. They just couldn't get it because, and it wasn't from lack of trying. It wasn't from lack of looking for it or anything like that. And they just couldn't get work. So they were forced to find food, shelter, you know, clothing, warmth elsewhere. And that ended up being on the sea, um, you know, joining a, joining a crew and so doing what they they could. And honestly, I'm, you know, I'm really not trying to sanitize history. There is obviously so much case, so many cases of 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 awful things done by by majority men that were going out and doing that at sea. But I do think that there is something in in these stories, and you can find them places of, you know, people just doing what they can to survive. And 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 I think there's a lot of things to talk about. And especially, you know, you've got the British Empire often in line with with uh with piracy and as as you know em, em, imperial rule um over people and and forcing people into these situations which look, i'm not going to say we're in that again now uh with certain governmental systems but uh i do think that there is some similarities to people being forced out of out of work forced out of situations and forced to to do things that aren't aren't deemed right um just for their own safety so maybe that's something why we need more pirates um but also i love sea shanties growing up so um i have i have a massive fan i mean i grew up by the sea and so i think i am very much in line with 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 uh with seeing pirates and and, and uh sea shanties and folk music and all of it i think it's wonderful it sounds amazing like why don't you want to see more of that it sounds amazing it looks cool i see why not um oh and i would say as well there's a great show our flag means death which i think is show run by taika watiti i think it's one of one of his passion projects or something um but i saw that shortly after sort of starting this whole project and that's amazing i would say that's another watch our flag means death very cool very fun looks at pirates in a very very interesting way um, I'd say, which is another reason why more pirates on stage, please. And the follow-up question to that is, is there sword fighting in your play? Oh, I can neither confirm or deny. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very cheeky with, with, with writing a lot of times. I will write things that I, as the writer, have no idea how they're going to be done. And I give it over to the director and they're like, oh, this is lovely, this is great. I'm so excited to get going. And then they get to that page and they go, oh, how how do you want me to do that? And I go, oh, that's that's for you to decide. That's that's your thing now. Uh, and just because I, I like to sort of challenge challenge the director and and you know, uh, in chatting with them, we've got a wonderful wonderful um, sort of directing duo. We've got uh, Lucinda and, funnily enough, Annabelle um, is our is our movement director, uh, which does also create some confusion with uh, characters and uh, people in the creative team. And they assure me that they've got some really fun, creative ways to to bring that to life. So I'm sure that'll be really fun to to watch as well. And and while you can't confirm or deny there's going to be sword fighting, did you have problems getting insurance? <laughs> um, yeah. Unless your premium got up. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> to create intrigue, I will say a little bit. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I. To be honest, I, I listened to the Camden Fringe podcast. I really enjoyed some of their podcasts they did this year, and one of them literally got talking about insurance, and I've become obsessed by it now because I can't get it out of my head. So when I watch a play, <laughs> I think, Christ, that must have increased your premium. I am. Um, I saw a lady um, and her show had a trampoline in it. 
only a tiny little mm. trampoline, one of those little, you know, really tiny little ones used for fitness in your own lounge. And she um and she mentioned this trampoline to me. The first thing that comes to my head is, how's that affect your insurance policy? <laughs> Honestly, it's it's something that you just do not think about until you're thrust into that position. You're like, oh no, this will just be really cool. You know, you go from you come from drama school, and they obviously must have the whole place covered. Well, they have to with everything that you get up to with with drama schools. And then you leave, and you 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 know you go into your sword fighting, and they go, are you sure you want to do that? And you're like, yes, I I think so. I don't know, should I not? So you're playing. So this is coming to Lion Unicorn. Just repeat, uh, 26th of September. Obviously, you are involved with Lion Unicorn. You you work there um, in the evenings um, for your sins. Um, mm. Has that has, has has that been quite a big assistance in sort of just? I mean, one in seeing lots of theatre to sort of high, you know give you ideas about how to work, and um, and two is it just helped to be in work around all those creatives? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, you know the the thing that they all tell you and and you just have to know is true is is that if you want to make theater you've got to see theater you've got to be in there you've got to be be watching it um and it has really helped i mean part of part of uh, creating this this play um it was you know it is my first uh, outing really and i so i wanted to make sure that i was making something that people would relate to and so watching these shows i've been able to see you know what do people enjoy what's out there what's going on and you know do do something a bit different so that it's interesting and so that it's it's new and fresh but also you know being in fringe and i i love fringe i love that sometimes it's amazing sometimes it's it's let's say not i love that sometimes it's you know, most of the time it's it's the risk it's people yeah. out there putting their creativity on the line giving everything giving it their all it's all on the line for them and i love that and so yeah being at line unicorn it is it has helped so much coming out of my masters uh i'd already been working at line unicorn for quite a bit um at that point and and you know knowing that i had that that i wasn't leaving this creative space in the masters and then you know um going into the real world and being like oh my god what do i have to do knowing that i had line unicorn and i had this space to go on the evenings and see theater and 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 yeah be around these wonderful creatives have the support it's such a supportive environment it's it's amazing um whatever troubles i've seemed to get into during this i've i've sent david a message of like oh no, this, this, this is happening this is happening what was and and just the response of you know we've got you don't worry we're here it's it mean it makes the world a difference and to have that especially as somebody you know young and going into it for the first time it's heartwarming it's wonderful yeah really is it's weird i say and i've just spoken to um do uh yeah dodi and kieran who are appearing at lion unicorn um as well very soon um and they said basically the same they said there's just a feel around that place and that you know everyone does everyone speaks up for each other and everyone sort yeah. of is, is, is supporting each other it's it's a really interesting it's a really interesting environment and i don't I, i've always said i don't know if it's because the pub is so welcoming that you can all go down to the pub afterwards or what it's i think it's a collection of things isn't it it's, it's david it's just <laughs> the whole place isn't it it just has oh, some it feel really about it yeah so it yeah. is yeah always a pleasure coming there and as you say it's all as with any fringe theatre. The the risk element of fringe theatre of is this going to be one of the best things I've ever seen, or is this going to be the worst thing I've seen in my life? 
Um, mm-hmm. And you can see the uh, lads I've discovered with Candle Fringe recently. You can see both in the same night. Oh, you can see it all. You can have it all. You can see it in the same show. You can see it in. You can see it in multiple. Either way. <laughs> it's, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's it's it's. It's it's that risk of cat fringe that you know you, you are either go see Operation Mincemeat, you know, <laughs> or or yeah. yeah you go see something that really you know you you want to erase from your memory with a, as many drugs as you can take to get it out of your mind. <laughs> um, anyway, we need to start wrapping up. We're right out of time. Um, so yeah, so let's just uh, just to repeat. Breast bearing, Lion Unicorn, 26th of 30th of September. Do get along. So, come on, one last chance. What is it about this play? What? Why should we all be heading down to Lion Unicorn in end of September to come and see this play? Oh, God. I mean, look, it's it's vibrant. It is snappy. It's going to be an absolute spectacle. Look, we've got some, uh, we've got an incredible creative team. I think that's why it's, we've got some wonderful people who are passionate, who are hungry, who, who really just want to make stuff. Uh, we've got a wonderful person just we got uh, we're very lucky to get this costume person in so there's going to be lots of stuff great to look at who's who's really amazing and lovely uh we've got you know new music being written for it by uh two folk musicians uh who are really good friends of mine which is also just going to be really fun uh we've got wonderful directors who have worked so hard already and they've worked really hard on this and we've got three uh absolutely stunning actors um and i guess i'm in there somewhere um, but I think really the, the reason to come and see it is just come and and see what we want to do, because what we want to do, what we want to bring to the theatre world, to everybody, it's 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 all there with love and heart. And uh, yeah, so please come and come and support us. Come and have a lovely evening. Come and just have a fun, fun evening with us. Uh, we promise we'll make it worth the while. Absolutely brilliant. Definitely, definitely come down. Jacob, been absolute pleasure. Really interesting. Really, I, I do think. Yeah, we need more pirates on stage. I think that is what we should really be saying. <laughs> That's at, what at we need to take Hill. away. Yeah, that is the takeaway. <laughs> more pirates on stage, please, people. With with sword fights and you know. If we have paid an extra pound of the ticket to cover your insurance oh, premium, that's fine. It. We'll pay an extra pound to get your insurance. It'll be fine. <laughs> Jacob, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. And oh, good luck absolute show. pleasure, Rob. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget to share our podcast if you enjoyed it and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode.